Welcome to the Herd Mentality, everyone. Joining me today from her deathbed is presidential candidate and out-of-date Mexican food aficionado, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Hillary, thanks for joining us. I'm happy to talk to you. I'm happy to be here. Now, Hillary, do you know what a splinter view is and how it works? I have no idea. Right. Well, it's pretty simple, really. I take sound bites of things you say and edit it so it's all out of context. You decide what you're trying to achieve. Exactly. I set myself a goal and you end up saying things you ordinarily wouldn't. Don't tell me what to say. That's not how this works. I really regret doing this. Most people do. You need to get out more. My wife tells me that all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, I've spent all weekend working on very clever things to ask about your husband. Those are really out-of-date questions. Oh, well, regardless, does the splinter view thing make sense? You know, there's this thing called the double standard. You've got it. So first things first, what is your position on the WikiLeaks email scandal? Uh, So I am very happy that we have put out all the information that there is. Uh I am very committed to and careful with classified information. Clearly. Now, what's not so clear is the air in this hotel room here. You could cut the air with a knife. It smells like secondhand burrito. I'd be afraid to eat them if I were you. You obviously weren't. I mean, did you did you flush that last one? I don't think so. It has almost an acrid Galaxy Note 7 smell about it. I've said I was sorry. I've taken responsibility for that. I've got no excuses. What should the cleaners do to handle it, do you think? They should be required to do everything that they should have to do uh, to clean this up, to clean the water, to make sure that it is safe. For goodness sake, people are entitled to clean water water. People are entitled to know what is in their water. Shouldn't you bear some of the responsibility for this war crime? So I have a very clear view about this. Polluters should pay to clean up the messes that they have created. Two of your speeches ought to cover that. Uh, My nose hairs have singed. It must have been like giving birth to a Republican candidate. Are are you okay now? Antibiotics took care of it, and uh, that's behind us now. Hillary Rodham Clinton, thanks for joining us on The Herd Mentality. Thank you. So, your plans for the first day in the Oval Office? Destroying the United States. What, by yourself? I wouldn't take up arms. I I think that might be a little extreme. I'd be prepared to help your civil war. I've already got this gas mask. I think that would be a good look on you. And you said we wouldn't go over a half hour. I knew you lied to me. Welcome to the Herd Mentality Podcast, an eclectic non-weekly mix of atheistic, humanistic and scientific conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, entertain you with some scintillating repartee. This is a listener-supported show and you can help boost quality and quantity at HerdMentalityPodcast.com and then click on support. Your contribution makes all the difference for the show and 10% of it goes to women in developing countries. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, found on Twitter, Facebook and Google+. And it's time to meet our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Herd Mentality. I've got my favourite voice actor in the history of ever on the line, Neil Kaplan. Welcome to the show. Oh, you're far too kind. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you have the best Twitter handle name ever. What is it? Uh, Kneecap, N-E-K-A-P. Exquisite. I, uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I came about your account oh, back in the olden days, before I'd even started doing the podcast. There was some commentary done on some StarCraft tournaments that was happening over in the uh, in Korea, I think, at the time. And the commentators and the production team gave a shout-out to you because you'd done a voiceover specifically for the event. And they really talked you up and said, go and follow this guy on Twitter. Uh, he does the voice of Tychus J. Findlay from StarCraft Two. And uh, uh, I, damn right. <laughs> that's the one. 
And uh, I thought that that is so cool that somebody who's so pervasive throughout, and there are so many times people would have heard your voice and not known it was you, and yet you're so accessible, and you respond to people, you're you're very engaging, and and I followed you, and I got in touch and said I'd love you to do an answering machine message for my phone, and you very kindly obliged. You just said. Uh, send $50 off to a war veterans charity and you'd record me one and I've actually got it here. You probably don't quite remember this, but let me just play it for you down the line. Okay. You have reached the phone number of Adam Reeks. He's got a lot more going on right now than he can tell you about and he's just too busy to take your phone call. So if you really want to talk to him, he'll go ahead and leave your name and number. And when he's done defending the galaxy from the scourge of the Zerg, he just might call you back. Very happy with that. All my Christmases had come at once. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. I'm glad I could oblige. And the money went to a good cause as well. Uh, thank you. Thank you. That, I'm, I try to do that. You know, the, the charity itself is, is no longer um, in operation. However, I have other charities that I work with, whether it's uh, Finding a Cure uh, for ALS or uh, Best Friends. Um, it's a pet adoption company in, in, in the United States. They're a no-kill shelter. And so, uh, obviously, what, what they do with, with dogs and cats is very important. And uh, my wife and I have a new best friend that we adopted from them, a 15-month-old pit bull, who, of course, has his own Twitter account, Buster Kaplan. <laughs> yeah, I, I figure if I can record a message for somebody and raise, uh, at this point, I think it's $100 now for a good cause. But if I can use my voice and make the world a better place, uh, then I think it's a it's a win win win. It's it's a good thing for the fan. It's a good thing for the charity, and it's a good thing for me because I feel like I've contributed something. You know, that's awesome. You've got a little a little bit of a humanist streak about you. I like to think so. And people can request this from you just by getting in touch with you on your Twitter account. Actually, something like this is actually typically done better through uh, my Facebook page. I think that's how we might have taken care of it back then. I don't think you're on the the book of face anymore. Not that it matters. No. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that that's usually better through the the Facebook fan page. So look up Neil Kaplan, uh, voice actor on Facebook, because I can actually uh, record it and send that to people directly. Mm. I usually try to find a charity that's local to them that that coincides with what I believe in, so so they feel that they're doing something for their community, and you know it's like something that that jibes along with uh, with uh, what I believe in. You know, yeah. as much as I appreciate the charity, Adam needs to drink more beer. Um, <laughs> I think you know I think that charity needs to do its own fundraising and doesn't need me to help. It's not an especially uh, successful charity that one. Just quietly. Oh, you know, I mean, big or small, they all have their goals and their ways of improving the world. So so some of the other voices that you might be able to help somebody out with, let's just take a scroll through your CV. You are the voice of the original good Optimus Prime, not the rubbish movie one. Well, no, I'm not the original. The original is the same actor that's the 
as you call it, the rubbish movie was. <laughs> um, but he sounds a little different. Back in the back in the eighties, he sounded more like this, and of course now he sounds a bit more like this. Oh wow! So you get a little bit of a difference. You know, and uh, and your Peter Cullen voice sounds. You do an exquisite Peter Cullen there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of known as the budget Peter Cullen. <laughs> you know, it's okay. That's okay. Earlier this year, I was referred to on Twitter as the poor man's Keith David. Oh. You know, which, of course, was really a lot of fun when I shared that with Keith David when I met him at a convention. So he appreciated that. And we took a picture together and sent it off to the gentleman who made the comment and said, Hello, from <laughs> from Keith David and the poor man's Keith David. Something for everyone's budget there. So teach me a little bit about being a voice actor. How does one develop oh, a new character? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that question? <laughs> the one that uh, I'm not allowed to ask? Uh, you you can ask. You can ask. It's just interesting timing as uh, as uh, the American. Well, the, not just the American. Uh, we're basically on strike against some of the biggest <laughs> video game publishers in the world right now. Ah, um, that just started this morning. So. Oh wow! Okay, again, I should have yeah, googled stuff. So before. people <laughs> might want to hold off on those voice acting dreams for a couple <laughs> of days. Basically, you know, one of the things I point out to people is, you know, if you wanted to paint, you'd go to your local art supply store and you get a you get a frame and a canvas and you'd stretch the frame and you'd I mean you'd stretch the canvas and you'd paint and you'd be a painter. And people who want to act, you know, they go and they audition at their local community theater and they get a part and you perform in the show. And at the end of the show, people applaud. You know, people want to play music. You get together with some friends and you rehearse and you go to a local club or, a, you know, a coffee shop and you hey, I got a band I want to play. Okay. And they come in and you're playing and you're a musician. For some reason, people think the only reason, the only way they can be a voice actor is if they're a professional. And it's like, you know, you got this magic thing called the internet. Use it. You want to voice act? Voice act. You know, there, there are actually groups around the world that do what we might think of in the old days as radio shows. They're audio dramas. You know, why can't somebody who wants to be a voice actor or wants to do some voice acting why can't they find one of these groups, contact them, and do some voice acting? Or better yet, write their own thing and produce it. Mm. Call it a podcast. You, you have you have podcasts like that where people have you know written and created their own material. You know, but for some reason, people ask about voice acting, and they think the only way I can be a voice actor is to work on something on Nickelodeon. If we were to redo, uh, if we were to do a remake of Thelma and Louise, you know what Thelma yeah, and Louise, I'm Louise aware is? Of it. Yes, yes. Have yes. you seen it? No. All right. Are you aware <laughs> of its existence? Yes, 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 it's yes, yes, this, yes. It's a cinematic adventure. You're aware that there are a couple of female women actor types in the leads, and then they're supporting characters played by additional humans. <laughs> I know that. Aware they, I know of, that they of, drive of around in a car a lot. And, well, there was an actor back then in his 20s by the name of Brad Pitt. He's gone on to do a few more things. But as time has passed, he has done this thing called 
age. So he appears to be different. He appears older, you see. So he looks different on camera now than he did back then. So we're redoing the exact same movie with the exact same script. He could not play the same role because he looks different. The character he played back then was a hustler in his 20s. He could not play a hustler in his 20s because you would see him visually as do most people when they see things. And you would recognize the passage of time. However, there are other things called cartoons. Now, contrary to the sound of that word, those are not songs that are sung by automobiles. Those are short pieces of animation. So these short pieces of animation, which we call cartoons, are occasionally voiced by human people actor types. People such as yourself. So these actor types, well, you know, they're not seen. When doing voiceover, the actor may age, but may not sound as though they have. For instance, there is a cartoon animation project, which has been on the televised vision tubes. And this would be the story of the uh, legendary dog, Scoobert Dubert, who uh, most people might know as... Scooby Doo. Mm -hmm. Now, in the Scoobage Doobage, as it were, uh, Mr. Scoob has a friend with whom, or a colleague, if you prefer, with whom he works by the name of Freddy. Yes. Now, this Freddy character and Scooby came into existence in the year 1969. 47 years ago, this animated cartoon project which was put on the televised vision tubes began its run with a group of actors that were bringing voice to these characters one of those actors is still playing the same character 47 years later that would be mr frank welker who is playing freddy the neat thing about voiceover is kind of once you get in you don't necessarily age out of it okay the bad thing is that for new people, the only way out for the old people is for them to die. <laughs> so the moral of the story here is if you'd like to get into voice acting work, it's to possibly I'm arrange an assassin. I'm not going to make the recommendation that I fear you're going to make, but please continue. Well, no, just read between the lines, everyone. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. We're all thinking it. All right. Well, but don't, because here's the thing, you know, once... Once that disappears, the other cement that's in the area flows to fill that hole, right? So it doesn't work that way, all right? So no, you can't bump me off and feel as though you will take my place. doesn't work that way. Yuri Lowenthal will take my place. Josh Keaton will take my place. All the others that surround me, Fred Tatashore, they will just absorb what I have left behind. <laughs> All right, so no, please do not eliminate an already established voiceover actor that will not help you. Okay, so no genocide. That'd be no, just keep it polite, no, listeners. Keep it that's, polite. That's yeah, yeah. Homicidal maniacs tend to spend more time in prison mm -hmm. than in the recording booth and listening to this podcast. Mm. All right, you know. I don't know they've done the study on how many homicidal maniacs actually listen to your podcast. Look at it. Anecdotal guess, I'd say it's pretty close to 100%. I'm guessing no. <laughs> Let's yes. talk a little bit about uh, your current projects, things that you've got on the boil, actor strike aside. Uh, <laughs> a, a little favourite. Oh, actually, you, you've played voice roles for 
Quite a few of my childhood favourite shows that have had reboots of late are Power Rangers. That'd be up there. Um, well, Power Rangers, you know, Power Rangers, the reboot's on its way, but oddly enough, they're rebooting while they're still in the middle of booting. I mean, aren't they still making the series? There's been about five different iterations of it, has there not? Five? I There's made been that like up. 14. <laughs> No, Haim Saban stumbled onto this, onto the the secret of, quite frankly, their longevity, which was getting rid of the original cast, bringing on new actors, new kids every year, which brought about new designs every year, which brought about new toys every year, which brought about new collectors every year, you know, and brought about more interest year after year because he found, hey, when I bring in new actors every year, Nobody wants more money. <laughs> They've sort of taken a leaf out of the Disney Star Wars book. I, I don't know that I can say that. I don't think there's a large enough sample size. <laughs> so you've done some work on Power Rangers. You've been... And you, you, you do play a good villain. I'm from the old days of Power Rangers. I actually go all the back, way back to the Mighty Morphin days, believe it or not. I used to play the the red shirt villains, you know, the sacrificial villains. <laughs> You'd have the villain who would come on to fight the Power Rangers and at the end would just be vanquished. Mm -hmm. But along the way, he'd lose like 30 or 40 fighters who would go and fight the Power Rangers. You don't realize, but Power Rangers are like breaking necks, killing creatures left and right. When all these creatures are doing is like trying to earn enough money to bring the family over, over from the old country. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. So, you know, they're fighting, they're fighting these people in funny suits because this guy goes, Hey, I'll offer you some good cash. You won't have to put everybody in a boat and bring them over. You can put them on a spaceship. So we've been rooting for the wrong side this whole time. Oh, you're, in most everything. You're in most everything. No, no, no. I ruined. I ruined. I'm sorry. I ruined a Transformer fan the other day on Twitter because they said, "Hey, you know, we got into a discussion," and I told him, "You know, I think I found the root of your emotional issues. You've been staring at naked robots all these years." <laughs> And never realizing it. Wait a second, what? I said, yeah, Optimus Prime and, and, and Megatron. Just a couple of naked robots rolling around on the ground, wrestling. And you're cheering over there. You have no idea what you've been participating in. Oh, I might have to go and rewatch these. So that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a whole lot different when you sit there and realize Donald Duck ain't got no pants. Mm-hmm. Big fan you of You know? <laughs> Yeah. Big fan of pantsless of, characters. I think it's one of the reasons he has such an attitude. <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm not wearing pants and I don't care. Tell me what to do, human. He says it in duck, you know. So. <laughs> what, uh, what, what other things have we got on your rap sheet here? I don't know. Mm, Aurelian Soul from League of Legends. That's quite that was a successful fun. game. That was fun. Did they give you a brief as to what sort of character this is, or do they just say, make up a voice, read some uh, funny lines no, at they, us, and I let's mean, go? They told, me, they told me that, you know, um, there was a dragon that fans in, in League of Legends had wanted a dragon to participate in the in the game for a while. They were on the exterior, but not really playable. And so this was going to be a grand entrance, and, and so I kind of knew the importance and was working with one of my favorite directors who just 
kind of kept reminding me he's flamboyant. You know, he's flamboyant. This guy would be a star on Broadway and usually in a solo show, you know. So it was always my intention to keep it, uh, you know, to keep it really out front and very theatrical. And yet he's probably one of the most brutal characters in the game. You don't want to get within range oh. of him. You talk him up like he's a good guy. He is! You got a little sample for us of uh, that particular voice? I suppose Aurelian Saul was essentially just like this. That's yes. soothing. I tended to like to think of him as a little bit of Tim Curry and a little bit of Benedict Cumberbatch, as it were. <laughs> thought I, I, I envisioned a whole lot of Benedict Cumberbatch in his mocap rig working on The Hobbit. Every now and then would throw in maybe a little uh, Dr. Frankenfurter. <laughs> I, I love doing silly voices. I don't know if you've listened to my particular podcast before, but I try and do some silly voices. I'm by no way as varied, perhaps, as, as you are. I get On occasion, I get to do a very old man from the future. It's myself in the future, and I get to get angry about things that happened in the past, like politics. Okay. I also make fun of a Kiwi evangelist called Ray Comfort, and I get very, very angry about what the atheists are up to. Nice. Uh, <laughs> no, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> It's my well, that's, I mean, that's where that's where some of it starts. That's you know one of the things that I that I recommend to my students is when you do have those characters when they do come up when they do you know you do create them that you do label them so that when you want to use them for something else when you want to make a small adjustment you know you've got that character in the bag you know you pull your kiwi televangelist off of the um, off the shelf and you decide okay we're gonna make him door to door salesman we're gonna make him. Uh, you know, less Kiwi and more... Sorry about Buster trying to participate there. <laughs> it's all right. He um, does a decent dog but, voice. Uh, you know, people stumble onto this, the keys to, I think, um, good, solid voice acting just because it's... I think most of it's logic. Really? You know? Yeah. I, I Well, at least what I teach, what I believe in, you know, is I base a lot, most everything on, uh, on the ideas of logic and commerce. Now, that's not to say that, as I, as I explained to my students, sometimes the logic is illogical, but there's still logic within the, within the through thread of being illogical. Okay? It may not make sense, hmm. but the through thread of it not making sense has a pattern. Right. So the logic may be faulty, but there's still logic there. <laughs> I'm wondering if that is exactly what happens in the sketches we do on this show. Whereby Possibly. Uh, the characters are so illogical and they're, they're, right. it, it, we all break character and it, it's very, very rough. And then I go and spend hours trying to edit it together to make it some <laughs> sort of coherent. <laughs> well, that's but that's it. But that's just it. You know, if, if you stick to the to the character's illogical logic, you should still have a usable character, mm. a usable take. It's along the lines of when you see sci-fi and they break their own rules. And it's like they they lose you. It's like I'll go ahead and believe in your stupid sparkly vampires because you're keeping it consistent. I hate them; they're stupid. But okay, sparkly vampires, fine. Go ahead. You know, you just can't later have them be non-sparkly or whatever the stupid rules are. But have you ever noticed that with, with, with sci-fi or with fantasies? They've got to have the rules. And even if the rules are upside down, as long as they stick to them, you'll go with it. 
allowing for some sort of, uh, well, presumably character progression as things go on, or being at least right. to be able to flip it around and explain a backstory. And one of the things that you and I have mentioned previously off air was that we're both big fans of sci-fi and mm-hmm. Star Trek and the like. And as you were just recounting that story there about characters being consistent, you, know, you have a look back at the original series of Star Trek at Klingons. And these are just sure. people with the uh, a slightly darker shade of Donald Trump sprayed all over them. Hey, hey, do not, do not. Trump is orange, Klingons were green. Do not mess with me on this one, Pally. Okay? Just for the sake of your vague attempt at southern hemispheric humor. Mm, Extraordinarily vague. I think you nailed that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Listen up, you hemispherist. Actually, just while you're getting really angry, can you do an Australian accent by any chance? Uh, well... Uh, let's see. Uh, I've been told by a lot of people that, uh, depending on how much I get into it, sometimes it, it sounds a little bit more Kiwi, you know? I've had some friends tell me, nah, it's not an Aussie, it's a Kiwi. That you is know, Kiwi. There's a difference, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, you know, it all depends. When in doubt, you just kind of go with, it's not a knife, this is a knife. That's you perfect. Know, oh. You got it, right. You know, you just got to do that one. Years ago when I went back to Australia, I, I worked on uh, an Australian version of uh, Optimus Prime and an Australian version of uh, Tychus Finley. And of course, the Aussie version of uh, Optimus Prime just basically sounds like a, like a Land Rover, I think. You know, it's the old <laughs> Autobots transform and roll out. Oh. I'm inserting yeah, the applause sound effect there. That was <laughs> that was brilliant. Because you got to have the, the gravel, you know. You've been watching that... those Foster's ads, haven't you? No, stop it. <laughs> oh, by the way, you have to hoard. I understand my wife tells me that there's... Honey, what's co- what's coming from Bundaberg? Oh, spiced ginger beer. A spiced ginger beer. So you better start hoarding it. And get it ready for my return. Ooh. Because we're probably not going to get it up here, you hemispherists. <laughs> one of my favorite uh, non-alcoholic beverages, the one you describe. Oh, yeah, I would hope so. Mm, it's divine. Yeah, I don't know yeah. very much about the but movies you're referencing, but when it comes to Australian drinks, I'm all over it. All right. Hmm. I usually, when I, when I do it on a convention down in Australia and I come home, I usually have a bag that's half filled with Bundy rum of, of varying sizes and flavors and colors and bottle types and shapes. And, you know, it's like, um, excuse me, sir. It seems as though there's no fabric in your bag. It's all liquid. Yes, that's right. You know, we're going to have to find you. Okay. You don't mind? Nah, go ahead. I had one little grand adventure where I had six liters more than I was legally allowed, <laughs> and, and the fine was 90 cents. Ouch. Yeah, it's like, you know, you're really not putting up that big a deterrent <laughs> here, people. Of course, it's never on the customs forums, because, you know, people, oh, I can only bring back a liter and a half. I better not, better not violate this federal statute. And here I was being an international criminal and paying my 90-cent fine. Yeah. 
Well, lucky that was going back into the US because if you did that coming into Australia, they'd probably want your firstborn or a kidney or maybe your hand. Well, no, I went, to, I went, to, I went to the the land of the Kiwis once. I went to, I went to the 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 Zealand that was newer. <laughs> You know, so much and, and, they, and they they wanted to charge me an exit tax. And this was while George Bush was still in office. So I said, let me see if I got this straight. You guys want to charge me to leave your country. What happens if I don't pay? Because I'm going back to the land where George Bush is in charge. So I'm thinking maybe I don't pay and you guys lock me up and make me stay here. And they said, oh, right. Uh, good point. We, uh, we'll, uh, we'll make this one complimentary so uh get on the plane get out you know and uh, and i left but that makes no sense to me why would such a pleasant country charge you an exit fee maybe they're struggling with an aging population over there they really I need guess, some, some but you know they could have just blood. asked me to stay i want to Anyhow. hear your uh, australian tychus j findlay oh well that one that one you really don't get until the very end because that's you know that's the old hell it's about damn time. Oh. So you don't get it till you get to the time. Yep. Yeah. You're a master on the vowels. Oh, uh, thank you. I'm really hoping you said a V there because, yes. you know, the, the connection <laughs> dropped out for a second. The couple of messages you've sent me earlier were, oh, you're about to take the dog for a walk. Oh, oh my, I was, I was, but he was up on the bed. So and I said, <laughs> okay, buddy. I got up on the bed with him and it's like, 75 minutes later, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting there staring like at the computer, my, lifting my head off the drool soaked pillow going, what did I do? The strike, the strike is, is rough, Adam. It's rough. It's turned my world upside down. Yeah. Yep. I wish I had a paying job going for voice actor here on the Herd <laughs> You and me both, pal. <laughs> we could do a couple of auditions. Oh, I uh, do plenty of auditions. Right, we could do a couple right now. You know, what if I needed a Donald Trump? Huge. I really don't do. I really don't do much of a Trump. I do. Believe me, believe me. That's that's about all. That's like my one word impression. Oh, it's like he's on Otherwise, I, I try to steer clear of it. He's uh, he was a fun character like a year and a half, two years ago, and now he's just. <laughs> you know, like when you have those artificially sweetened. Toffee caramel dipped uh, popcorns, and you eat a couple, and they're yummy. And then you get too far, and your tongue kind of gets coated with the artificially sweetened whatever layering is on there. And it's like all of a sudden you go ah thing, and it's like I don't like this flavor anymore. And you just want to find like a wallaby to scrape on your tongue. <laughs> ah. More an echidna, you know? I would think, to scrape all of that out. I, that's what I'm saying. It's bad. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I'm well aware of how disjointed conversations with me can become. <laughs> so well, that's why I tell people it's probably going to be an hour, 75 minutes. Usually by the 73rd minute, people just get frustrated and say, I have to end this episode <laughs> and I have to end it now. And on that note, Neil Kaplan, what? thank you very much for joining well, no, us on I the herd mentality. The dog's outside chasing chasing the UPS delivery guy, so we're fine. <laughs> we should feed him. I do. I feed him UPS delivery man. <laughs> Budget cuts. Times are tough. That's it. You have nothing else. You have no final question <laughs> that we're going to end on. We're just going to end on my dog was barking. 
Uh, well, no, I go through and edit this to within an inch of its life. And so there's no. You're going to edit out all of this great stuff? <laughs> it's probably going to be, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Neil Kaplan. All right, Mr. Kaplan, thank you so much for your time. Oh, you did my outro. That's, that's going to be about it. That's perfect. So, uh, is, yes, we could we could turn the the rolls around here. No, no, don't do that. I don't want anybody to have to be me. But it's so good to be Neil. No, no, trust me, it's not. <laughs> it's not. You know, you did enjoy the safety of being where you are. Shh. All right. Seriously, one last question. So you have a nice little button to end on. <laughs> Favorite voice character you've ever played. Uh, the one I'm still playing, which pays me next week. Yeah. We can't discuss who that is, though. But they are no, nope, because it's protected under non-disclosure agreement. No, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm one of those. Pe- I just, I just like to keep busy. I like to, I like to work. I, I was working on something uh, new. Uh, you know, starting to work on some stuff in the VR realm. The guy who hired me, I'd worked with on on the Bioshock Infinite. We had a good time on a couple of sessions, so he brought me in, and we just created something. You know, he had the character, he gave me the description, he showed me a picture, and to me, those are the most fun because it's like, okay, let's let's bounce ideas off of each other. Let's let's be creative and create something brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, look, of course, I enjoyed playing Tychus Finley and and Hawkmon, and Optimus Prime, and I love playing Scenarius on World of Warcraft. I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, I just I just enjoy the creative process and using my imagination. And look, if I can walk out of a session and look at an engineer who's shaking his head in a positive way, I think I've done something good. You know, if I can make the director laugh, the engineer laugh, if, I, if, if they can sit there and kind of go, I didn't think that could come out of you, and then I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. And, and I mean those in, in, the, in the good way. Yeah, It's a creative art. It's a creative process. And, and as I tell my students, the great thing about voiceover is if you can play it, you can play it. Part of first thing I, I tell my students is don't fall for the shorthand, okay? Because I don't create voices. I bring characters to life. A voice is only a part of a character. A voice is only a part of who you are. It may be the only way I experience you through the energy of a podcast, right? But you're not just a voice. The energy behind what you do is a combination of the physical structure of your voice box, your larynx, your throat, and how the air processes over it. Your voice is the product of years of mental disease and and a warped sense of humor. Your voice is the product of of your screwed up value system. It's a combination of the kindnesses that people have done to you and the cruelty which has been visited upon you. You know, it's it's why someone with a with a similarly phys- physiologically structured voice box can sound different than you because they've had a different experience. Hmm. All right. It's, it's the conglomeration. It's why I can, it's why I can sit here and sound like Peter Cullen because perhaps physiologically speaking, our vocal tubes, as it were, are structured relatively closely the same. Mm-hmm. Where he does things that I don't do is he's walked a different path than I have. He's lived a different life. So even if I may 
sound a little bit like his Optimus Prime. Mine is different because of the mental framing that they go through, mm-hmm. shall we say. So I might be able to approximate, I might be able to, you know, imitate the energies that he's put forth. But I think if you listen closely from actor to actor who's taken over roles, you'll hear you'll hear small differences because they do have different energies. They do have different ex- experiences and those do leak their way through into characters. I talk about more about creating a character rather than voicing somebody else's words. Few of us actors have been doing this for a little while, and we talk in shorthand, so we talk about doing voices, but we're not. We're playing characters. We're bringing characters to life. So when you think about a character being fully formed, that's when it's more real. It's different to say, Adam, it's been a pleasure to be on your podcast or saying adam it's been a pleasure to be on your podcast why i haven't had this much fun since i went to visit hobbiton (laughs) all right it's like suddenly you think about the beard and you think about the gray robe and you think about the the staff and the and the pointy hat leaning over you think gandalfy thoughts and before you know it that's what's coming out of your mouth you know then of course you change it a little bit And think more about Charles. Yes. And suddenly you're no longer a wizard. You're a master of metal. That is theatre of the mind. Yeah, isn't it? Being able to uh, paint a picture with more than just words. Yep. It's, I mean, it's, it's energy. It's, it's intention. That's why it's not just, it's not just voice. It's voice acting. Most important thing is don't leave, don't leave the second part behind in favour of the first part. Except in the structure of the wording in which case then the second part would be behind the first part I need some sort of uh, Venn diagram I think yeah I think I need a drink <laughs> thank you All very right. much for coming on the herd mentality or can I do it as a as, can I give it my best Tychus you can try <clears throat> this is Tychus oh stop no. okay yeah, no, no don't yeah <laughs> just yeah this, just uh, say goodbye goodbye Neil thanks for coming goodbye. on goodbye <laughs> thanks Adam take it easy this is Justin of Alcoholics Anonymous for Agnostics and Atheists. You can find us on Twitter at QuadACamera or by email at aaacamera at gmail.com. We're a group of atheists who like to drink tea because we proved to ourselves that we can't handle big people drinks. We discuss sobriety and how to do it without belief in a god or goddess. If your drinking is costing you more than money, or if you're sick of the god thing in regular AA, we'd like to meet you. We may not believe in gods and goddesses, but we believe in you. Herd mentalists, hear me! Questionable Adam here from the year 2076, communicating to you from Mars, Matt Damon style, using the Spirit Rover. Since 2016, it's all turned to hell. Emperor Trump has acted out on his 2072 election promise, forcing everyone who isn't Emperor Trump off planet Earth over to Mars to get our visas renewed. Even those of us who are granted visas can't get back to Earth due to the Trump Industries moon-shaped wall. The future is very bleak indeed. Now you can help. Pledge a few dollars per episode at patreon.com slash herdmentality and help past questionable Adam change the future just like Stefan, Seifert, Sharpest One, Peter and Rich did. You can also make a one-off donation at herdmentalitypodcast.com. 
You'll find some little surprises there as well, such as a hidden Raygate sketch where poor Ray got violent diarrhoea. 10% of the proceeds from the show go to Kiva.org to help women in developing countries, in this instance, for medical costs. This episode is helping Romina, Maria, Yasina, Patricia and Delita, all of whom reside in Mexico because f*** you, Emperor Trump. Keep fighting the good fight, herd mentalists. Be the change you want to see in the future off-world colony. Future Questionable Adam, signing out. Oh, hey, Ray. Oh, what, at the same time? We're going to greet each other at the same time? Okay, you go first. No, 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 you go first. Okay. Hello, Hi, Ray, Ray of Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the lag is much better this time. Uh, yes, good morning, Raylene. How are you? Oh, yeah, well... Wonderful. Uh, once again, I tried to buy some uh, lubrication and uh, ran out of cash. What's going on? Uh, Ray, we've got real cash flow problems at the moment. You know, we're still really um, paying through the nasal. Oh, fuck <laughs> sake. We're still paying through the nasal. We're still-, <laughs> we're still paying through the anus for that fucking wall <laughs> that you built without a door. Oh. So. Oh, the sketch, no, the sketch that didn't go to air because it was too foul and it involved lots of amoebic dysentery and all sorts of awful sound effects, but only the Patreons could hear. Yeah, so there are real cash flow problems at the moment. We've got to do something radical to get the cash up again because, you know, living waters is really on thin ice here. What if we tried to grow our, our base by using some of these techniques that the politicians use? Do you know any politicians, Raylene? Um, well, yes. Um, I mean, if you look at Mr. Trump, mm-hmm. he's on the news all the time. He's got loads of coverage and he's a billionaire. Oh. He's really good friends with Putin. Oh. So I would, yeah, give him a call. P- Putin? Isn't that a swear word in, like, Latin? <laughs> no, Ray. Putin. You know, that sort of leathery Russian twat. That Ray, um, oh, fuck. <laughs> that I'm Ray. That um, Trump thinks he's a great guy. Oh, you know? what Trump thinks Trump's a great guy? No, Putin. Last time he was interviewed, he said, "You know, if he says great things about me, I'm going to say great things about him." And well, I think he's onto something. Right. Well, I'm just having a look through the phone book here. Is that what's a Kremlin? I thought that was some sort of little monster, like a demon. Uh, Ray, you watch too much TV. Should I just go on the goggle get and on get the goggle. Um, yes. Mr. Putin's number? Yes. And get in touch for you and, and set up a meeting. Don't say touch, but yes. Yes. Okay. Um. Well, I'll do that. Hello, this is Vladimir Putin. Who is this? Hello, hi, Mr. 
Pitt and this is Raylene from Living Waters. I'm Ray Comfort's personal assistant and occasional lover. I was just wondering if I could set up a meeting between you two. Oh, Ostonovka, do you know what time it is here? It's four in the morning. Let me get out of this. Oh, everything's full of oil. Let me... Oh. Sorry about that. Uh, what what Yo, yeah, Ostonovka, darling. Wait for me. I'll be safe. Second, is America calling? So, you're calling because Mr. Trump? Well, no, not Mr. Trump, but a very good friend of Mr. Trump, Ray Comfort. He really needs your advice because you're such a political success. And we're having a few cash flow problems. Do you think you could help us? Oh, yes. Cash flow. Cash flow. It's no problem. It's no problem. Have helped Trump lots with this. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a good guy, said Trump. He can do lots of great ideas. He recently did something with, um, with um, what do you call that, 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 that part that, at, at, at bottom end of women? I think that oh. was a great idea. That was a fantastic idea to get attention and get lots of women come over him. Yes, darling, I'll be there in a second. Wait for me. That's wonderful. I'm quivering at the feline. I'll see you in a bit. Oh, what, 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 wait, wait, what, wait, who? It doesn't matter. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> oh God, what was my life? Um, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> you, no, you're just in time to help make living waters great again, Raylene. Oh, uh, yes. Right, Mr. Putin, we'll see you in a bit. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, so, so, so you sent me address? Yes, yes, I send you address and, um... We'll set up a meeting. There will be horses involved. Oh, horses is very good. If you want good PR, if you want good success with public and with women, you need horses and bears and fight with them. I think that is what Trump is still missing. I want to see him struggle and fight with big grizzly bear. Do you have grizzly bear in America? Um, yes, Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> yes, yeah, see, that's, that's what we need. I will tell Trump. Let me just take note. I'll tell Trump he has to fight with the... O'Donnell, whatever this is, I don't you know grizzly, but anyway, no worries. So we, we we see in living water. Yes, darling, I'm coming in a minute. Tosto primi chatje nosti. Okay, I'll see you. Bye. <laughs> Oh, g'day. Uh, you must be uh, Mr. Putin. Oh, it's Putin. Vladimir Putin, like Canadian dish. <laughs> what is it? Who are you? You you are the Ray? No, I'm I'm, I'm the Ray. I'm everyone's little Ray of sunshine. I'm uh, the, the chief uh, lunatic in charge of Living Waters, and we're here to spread God's word. I understand that uh, you're a big fan of the church. Of the church? Oh, yes, church is fantastic. They know how to make money. They know how to exploit gullible people. I like that very much. Ever since we reintroduced church in Moscow, things got very much better, very much better. The Soviet never fancied doing this, but it was a big mistake back then, big mistake. Church would have saved the economy back then, and I would still be with KGB. Right. Good times back then. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I'm one of those gullible people who's tried to open his own church, and it's not going so well. I need to sort of get the message out. I need some sort of publicity stunt. Ah, uh, you know, in Russia, we have to be hands-on. You know, you can't, you can't discuss stuff and, 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 and talk with people all the time. You've got to be full hands-on. Have you seen my spots? Have you seen how I ride the bear, how I ride the horse, how I ride the shark, how I ride everyone? Right. Well, well being terrified of getting my hands dirty and doing any sort of actual work and also being terrified of things that may have evolved, I'm not so interested in getting involved with the fauna. 
what would I be able to do to sort of make a, a bit of a statement about Loving Waters? Ah, How could I make Loving Waters great again? <laughs> so you've got to make you've got to make sure people understand that this is special place. So uh, you need um, um, um special person. Do you have special person oh, to no. start with? Someone with great big appearance, big media appearance, something that is that is big that is filling the screen of of American TV. Uh, unfortunately, not. It's just my ego, really, and my, perhaps my moustache. Although that's not very big geographically. What about woman who called me? What about woman who called me? She sounded she sounded a bit like like my favorite American Dolly Parton. You know Dolly Parton? Oh, I'd love to see Dolly Parton and and and, and grab Dolly Parton and do do things with yes, her. No, how don't. about how about this Raylene that no, you called no, me or had no, me called? You d- no, you've never seen Raylene before. The, the, you were fortunate because it was just a phone call. She's uh, she's got a face like a smashed crab. I feel like I should object here. <laughs> She's been shot over more times than Baghdad. Oh, okay. So, so what, what about other, other parts of her? Other parts attractive? Other parts you could show? No. You don't have to show face. Who no. shows face? Look at all Muslims. Never show face. They all show other things. No, so she what, shows, what else, what she else shows, can she show? She shows so much. She's been cocked more times than John Wayne's shotgun. Okay, okay, this is good. So she, she's good in that area, more well, further down, well, no. where, further away from face, right? <laughs> I've I've avoided all of that at all costs in the history oh, of no, 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 loving no. waters. To be to be success, you've got to go through 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 through. In, in Russia, we saw you've got to go through thick and thin. You cannot you cannot hesitate. You, no, you have to no, you have no, to no. grab it would you just... have to grab her and have to have to make a statement and you have to show the world that you can make that you can make this. No, well, look, maybe, but it's more of a thick and thick arrangement. Uh, what does that mean? Well, she's very thick. Both senses. Yeah, but that's great. Like I said, you need big. <laughs> it's big TV appearance. Don't you get it? Oh, man? No right, wonder your right, living right. your living waters is running out of water or whatever. Okay, well, let, <laughs> we're we're always running out of water. Haven't flushed the toilet in six weeks. Oh, yeah. There you go. Let's jump on the back of your horse and head back to Living Waters. Oh yes, yes. Come, come with me on horse. You want front or back? <laughs> <laughs> I've never encountered a Russian like you. Oh, have you ever encountered Russian? What do you know about Russians anyway? You seem pretty oblivious of Russians. We are we are the greatest people in the world, and this is why we're why we're doing all this with Trump now because then we'll take over this place too, which is crap. We need Russian strong hands to grab things, and even more thoroughly than in the past. And we need the Trump to do this. All right, all, all of that sounds wonderful. So now you come to you come on onto horse, and then we ride to to the to the big woman. Engage. There she is, Mr. Putin. Oh, that's her? Oh, what a, what a, how do you say, Butotskaya, we say in Russian, big, big, uh, uh, far end, uh, back end. <laughs> oh, well. Well, yes, I mean, you're very fortunate in Russian that you've got one word that can describe such an experience instead of, you know, three sentences in English. I've got this video camera here. If you just point it at me, what, what, what do I do? My good, my man, look, look at this woman. Look at this woman. Just think, you know, back in Russia, we have hard winter. And when it's cold, you need big woman, warm woman. And you have to dive right in, you know, whatever you can dive, dive in. And, and, and this is, oh, I can see, I can see. You got to grab them and you got to kiss them and you don't stop because you're great, you're famous, and they will love it. Where do you know, I, that's where do I grab really her want. though? I mean, I've only got two hands and they're very, very small by comparison. 
Did you hear what I said? Do you not understand the word dive in? Alright, uh, let me just do some stretches. Uh, <coughs> right, okay. What's the guy called with the big smile and white teeth? He will bow before <laughs> you and he will, he will, he will just oh, admire you for this. Oh, well, yes, I, yes, I, yes, I, I've seen him on TV. On TV, he's, he's terrible. He just smiles. I mean, what, what do you win with smiling at people, you know? If it's going to impress Joel Osteen, then I'm all in. I'm going to grab her on the pussy. Okay, yes, that's what you need to do. Does she have, does she have pussy? I cannot see. No, 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 no. Oh, my goodness. It, I think it was infected. But, uh, okay, let, let's have a go. That was a big build-up for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cannot keep a straight face to do this. This is what rock bottom looks like. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, all that pus has gone solid. I think I'm stuck. Uh, yeah. Hang on. We. Oh. No, can you turn that sideways? Oh, Hang on, I'm just gonna pant a bit. Giving oh. <laughs> <laughs> birth to those 28 children on COVID happy. Oh, it's like a reverse sphincter. It only lets stuff go in. Oh, oh Raylene. I never thought I'd say this, but I think we've exchanged rings. <laughs> and we're, we're very happy to do the Vladimir Putin. <laughs> oh, you're looking so buff. Okay, okay. So, so my, my big old capitalist friend, uh, 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 Ray Komfortskaya, is going to call me, right? <laughs> I think this is perfect. I'll just type okay. in moist. <laughs> okay. So, 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 it's not I about... I hate that word. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's your, it's your, it's your moist hated word. <laughs> oh, God. Moist. Oh, this is what <laughs> happens when you give Germans a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that, should, that should happen. I thought I thought moist simply the word most hey, pronounced by an Irish. Now <laughs> really disturbing mental images of moist Angela Merkel. Thanks for that. <laughs> Two guys, one horse. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, Ray has to have his arms around Putin's bare chest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my moustache caught in his back hair like Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, you wait until you see me brown nosing, Raylene. Oh, oh, God. So I think you should drop the phone because you're in bed, so you'll be covered in oil. <laughs> <laughs> So, so is, is, is Putin some kind of sexual whatever? <laughs> oh, he likes to think he is. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. Putin, Putin, okay. Is, okay, good. No, no problem. 
in Greece, covered in Greece. Anyway, no, um, so wasn't ring, Greece ring, the one he so was you, trying to invade? You know, you can't you can't disgust stuff and 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 talk with people all the time. You've got to be full hand and have you seen my spots? Have you seen how I ride the bear? How I ride the horse? How I ride the shark? How I ride everyone? That's what? how you should ride me, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not even meant to be here, Aileen. You're in a di- you're in a different scene of the sketch. Sorry, I got excited about Ray riding Raylene, but yeah, anyway. No uh, 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 darling, you you I'm not in Russia anymore, so you don't have to yell at me anymore. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, sorry, Mister Pearson. <laughs> <laughs> was another humiliating sketch. <laughs> <laughs> so pussy. Yeah, Pussy was amazing. <laughs> I, I might refer it to that. Do you know, sometimes I do have to write Pussy in clinical notes. <laughs> and I giggle every single time because it is spelt Pussy. Yes. <laughs> so, 